Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of Two Guys Zero Planners, brought to you by the fine folks over at Penn Schley. Do you know what I love more than gold, Urban? Mm, pens. Wow, okay, we've been doing this too long. You, you know me way too well. Kaveco just released a brand new AL Sport in gold. I, I guess they kind of released it over the last couple of weeks, but they've got it over at Penn Schley right now. And if you want 10% off, head on over to penchley.com, click on that radio podcast link at the top of the page, enter two guys in the how you heard about us section, add the Kaveco to your shopping cart, and use the code and you've got 10% off. And since it's over $50, you get free shipping in the continental US. So head on over to penchley.com and thank you to Ron and Penchley for sponsoring Two Guys Zero Planners. And Urban, get out of my head. It's too mm. cramped in there. Okay, sorry about that. Eh, it's it's okay. I just don't want you moving furniture in. I need I need a little bit of headspace in order to actually still think. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'll stay here then. So uh yeah. Um as we're recording this, people still haven't heard episode 30. And I can't remember what we talked about on that episode. Um, but we've got more stuff to talk about today. Yeah. So as we're recording, people haven't heard it, but when they hear this, they've heard the other one already. Um, so we had this question in the last episode about which um, brands would you rather never buy again? And I ended up saying Lamy and Kaweco. And as a follow-up to that, um, right after the show, I inked up a Lamy and maybe a day later I inked up a Kaweco pen just to, just to make up for the horrible feeling of never being able to use those again. And they are great pens, I must say. So you literally inked up those two brands out of guilt? Well, out of not having inked them up for a while. So I was looking for a Lamy pen because I have basically so many steel nibs and no pen. And then my wife gave me back my CP1 <laughs> and I had to ink it up right away. And then I have this nice Kaweco student. Uh, so in this 70 soul version, so these uh, beige plus orange. And yeah, I had to ink that up. I even bought a new nib for it and all, all that. Very nice. Um, I'm not going to get on to you for backpedaling on your answer. <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing if I had a Kaweco lying around. Wait, which brands did I say that I would never use again? I don't uh, remember. I know I said Lamy. Mm -hmm. I think I said Kaweco and Lamy as well, but Kaweco just because it was a pocket really? pen. Mm. Didn't you say one of the Japanese? I don't remember. Um. Oh, no, you're right. It was either Sailor or Platinum. I think I, I yeah, listeners will be sitting there going, how can you not remember what you said last episode? Because they'll be listening to them. But I honestly have no clue. <laughs> it's been a week. Yeah. I uh, ended up doing two fresh installs on my laptop and my desktop. Okay. Not because I had to, but because I wanted to. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so in between episode 30 and episode 31, I switched video editing software for my YouTube videos. And I no longer use Adobe Premiere because Adobe decided to be a bunch of jerks and jack the price up $30 per month. So now I'm using DaVinci Resolve. Okay, and how's that going? Um, there was a little bit of a learning curve. So the first video 
took the better part of nine hours to get through. Mm -hmm. But now that I have an idea of what I'm doing and I've figured out how the color grading and everything works in Resolve, um, I think it's going to go a lot better. And it's free. Oh, yeah. Well, that's nice. That's true. Yeah, there's two versions of it. There's the free version, which is as robust, if not a little bit more robust than Adobe Premiere. And then you've got the paid version, which is overkill, like Mm -hmm. just flat out overkill. And yeah, so that's what I ended up doing. And the reason I did the reinstall was um, I went in and opened up my computer and went to go open up Google Chrome to grab a link or two and saw Adobe Premiere sitting there in my programs. And I was like, I can't have this. I must do a fresh install, even though I could just simply uninstall the program. Yeah. I mean, as a Mac user, that is normally not what you do. So, yeah. I would have done, I, I still would have done it on a Mac though, Urban. Yeah. I mean, it's Adobe. So in that case, I, yes. <laughs> Generally, you just delete the application because it's self-contained. But Adobe probably does weird stuff, even on a Mac. Adobe and Avid, the uh, makers of Pro Tools, they are notorious for messing things up. So it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I'm probably going to end up getting a Mac Mini just for the fun of it. Like kind of just a backup audio editing computer. Mm-hmm. I really don't need much horsepower for audio editing, so it'd be fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Did that have anything to do with pens? Mm-hmm. Tangentially, so, maybe? Yes, maybe. So the Atelier Lusso, is that the video you made with it? Yes, uh, it was the Atelier Lusso video. I love that pen. I just love that pen. It is second place to the Brooks Charleston. Mm-hmm. but it's a very close second. If the Charleston didn't exist, the Atelier Lusso would be my favorite. I mean, I, I, li- I, li- I like this uh, this uh, uh, blocky design. Not too much of a fan of the dragon and the color, but that's, I guess, a personal choice. Well, that's kind of why I said um, what I did in my video. The body style is just called the Andromeda. So you can get an Andromeda in any acrylic that you ask him to use. Mm. That's that's the beauty of working with a custom pen maker. Yeah, I think I ran across this acrylic when I was looking for mine for a pen. Um, the same one that mine is? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, maybe not the same one, but there are quite a few out there with uh, maybe not a dragon in there, but something. Mm-hmm. That's the weird thing about acrylics. I mean, a lot of people are using the same molds, unless it's like a one-off done by Brooks. But, well, I mean, you've got Brooks and you've got, I think, Mike um, over at Chesapeake, because he does a lot of the sea glass and wood resin. Mm-hmm. I really want one of those pens. Remind me to message him on Instagram, because I <laughs> really want one of those... Uh, one of those blue sea glass pens of his that's got the wood resin in there. I mean, those pens are just beautiful. Yeah, they look really cool. That's true. Instagram is a very dangerous place for people like us because it gives us ideas of horrible 
horrible. It gives us an idea <laughs> of very beautiful things that we uh, want to add to collections that eventually will grow to the point where you've got more pens than, well, anyways. Um, so yeah, it was the Atelier Lusso that I did the video on. Mm-hmm. And I am extremely addicted to the Pelican 4001 Turquoise. It's a great ink, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I am so glad I got 60 mil of it. Speaking of yeah. 4001 inks, though, mm-hmm. um, by the time people listen to this, the video will already be posted. But uh, yeah, I'm doing the Royal Blue Pelican 4001. Yeah, I gave my bottle away. At some point, I'll have to... Uh, maybe I have to get a second one. But yeah, I tried. <laughs> I'm, I'm, maybe I'm coming around to Royal Blue inks. I mean, I'm... I think I have to ink up uh, Edelstein Sapphire again, which is sort of royal bluish. And I I enjoy that, actually, surprisingly. If it wasn't for the sheen that I'm able to get out of the ink, it would just look like a regular Bic blue. But just the way it comes out, um, especially in my um, M800 Stone Garden, I just like the way the ink looks. That and I think I've committed, um, I've completely committed to doing the budget inks for a while. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, looking at my view numbers on the more budget friendly inks and looking at how many other videos are out there for those inks, I think it's a good market. Oh, you'll have to try the, the red next, the 4001 red. I'd love your opinion on that. Okay. Um, I've got another order from Amazon that I'm going to be doing, so I'll probably sneak it in there. Actually, let me check. I don't know. I don't know if you really want to do it because it's a really weird ink because it's not red, really. You do know what you, uh, talked me into, right? No. Really? (laughs) Are you sure? Well, let's see here. Yeah, you kind of talked me into trying purple. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, so much purple. So I bought two purple inks, mm, and yes. those are going to be coming after the royal blue. I'm now done with with that uh, purple, that bottle of purple ink. That's now I think in five pens, and that was the rest of it. Uh, which purple? Seitzkreuznach Dark Orchid. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, um, that brand, Dark uh-huh. Orchid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, we're going to do an episode where you actually teach me how to properly pronounce things. Yeah, you need the proper mustache for it. Oh, really? <laughs> it requires a mustache? No, this, no, never mind. Let's not <laughs> okay. go down that route. See, as soon as you said that, the first thing that popped into my mind was me sitting in one of those red leather chairs in a smoking room wearing a smoking jacket. And I've got a handlebar mustache that curves downward on both sides into a double loop. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I know what I want to do for Halloween next year. Thank you. <laughs> so you're talking the 4001 Brilliant Red. Yeah. I think the well, ha- half of them have brilliant in their name, right? Um, I can pick up 60 mil for $12. Yeah, what, but what do you do with the remaining 59 mil then mm, i don't know i could always make another intro for my youtube videos 
Yeah, that seems like the best use for that ink. Well, I could get a canvas and make some, like, quote-unquote fine art. Hmm. Yeah, that seems like too much work. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I ended up getting uh, Violet and um, uh, Waterman Tender Purple. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I think that was one of the ones that you were trying to talk me into. I don't remember. Well, yeah, I ended up having an Amazon order and I just saw those while I was picking up some other stuff. And I was like, well, I might as well go ahead and buy it. So went ahead mm. and did it. Yeah, the things I do. <laughs> Speaking of inks, I actually, uh, was it the last episode? I also don't remember. I think I mentioned that I did receive some ink samples from someone. And one of them was a Jacques Herbin scented ink. I now tried it out. So it's a nice teal. It flows super, super well. But it, I don't know, you probably have to like the scent. I don't really like it. Uh, and it's super strong. It's like three days after writing with it, I opened the notebook and I can actually smell it without putting my nose really onto the paper. <laughs> what do, what does it smell like? I don't know. I'm not onto perfumes. I couldn't tell you what that smells like. Okay. Uh, yeah, plus, I mean, it's a Midori MD notebook that I used it in. And even on that paper, it actually feathered that ink. So that's, that's kind that's of... That's not good. Terrible performance. Like, how bad of feathering are we talking? In general, on Midori MD, there's no feathering at all, right? This um, is true. So not a lot, but still more than you would expect. So then I uh, asked about it in the pen I did select and then basically everyone confirmed. And then I saw a swab from someone and that sort of, I think it was one of those coloring cards and it, wow, did, did, did it feather on that one. Too bad, actually. I mean, the, the ink flows super nice. It, it's really, really enjoyable to write with. And the color is great, but... So what you're telling me is don't. Well, apparently it's a general problem with the scented inks from, from Rakava. I'd rather try the, the normal uh, line without the scent. Apparently those uh, are fine. Okay, duly noted. Um, by the way, speaking of inks, it looks like somebody's been a little busy with their ink website. Yes, I, I, I started working on FPC again and I finally finished enough to actually make a post, post about it on Patreon. I did two features. I don't know if I even, maybe I actually talked about the first one. So now when you log in, you have this nice dashboard that lists basically how many inks you have, how many pens, where you are on the leaderboards and stuff like that. And the bigger feature, more important, I would say, is that the currently inked bit, so where you can record which ink is in which pen, that is now mobile friendly. Because on a desktop, that's a table, and a big white table is kind of useless on a phone, because then you have to scroll sideways uh, to reach the buttons and you don't see what ink it is anymore. And that's kind of problematic. 
And now this looks more like uh, those ink swap cards. So you can actually see all the information on the screen. That's logging into it right now. Oh, yeah, I did a fresh install. I need to sign back in. <laughs> uh, yay. Wow. Okay. Um, you, uh, nice. Oh, my goodness. Um, adding the current light inked is insanely easy. Yeah, and I mean, when you really think about it, this is sort of the the feature that is most important to be mobile friendly because that's what you do most. And it's it's more likely to add that stuff on the go than it is to add a new pen or a new ink. But of course, eventually everything is supposed to be mobile friendly because like half of the people are actually using mobile devices on the site. So right. I'll have to come up with something nicer than what it is right now because tables are just not useful on a mobile device. There is that. Um, really? Did I just label that ink? Just, oh boy, I am lazy. You know, I, I am just flat out lazy. That is Pelican 4001 Turquoise. Label your inks all the way. Oh my goodness. Wow. Um, so other than user error on my part, this looks amazing. Thank you. Oh, wow. Okay, so here's the cool thing. The uh, currently inked section, I didn't think it was going to automatically update the name when I updated it in my inks list, but it did. That's nice. Nice attention to detail. Uh, yes, it does. Um, same with the pen. Um, just when the sort of when the currently inked uh, entry is archived, then it sort of keeps some of the old information. So you can sort of archive an entry and then you change the nib on the pen, but the archived entry keeps the old nib because that's sometimes that that's sort of a use case, right? You write with a pen, then it's empty. You sort of mark it as that in currently ink, then, then you switch out the nib maybe for, uh, for the next time, but you still want to keep the old data so that you used, I used that nib last time and stuff like that. So you know what I'm going to ask you for, right? Mm, I should. I, it's but I don't remember. Can you please let us change our profile pictures? Ah, uh, yeah, that one. It's it's somewhere on my on a index card on my wall. <laughs> Listeners of Two Guys Zero Planners, please send your comments to Urban to have him update to where we can update our profile pictures. <laughs> yes, maybe. Don't be a jerk about it. <laughs> I'm using my platform for evil, Urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, also, I ended up stumbling across another pen that I kind of really want. Okay. Yeah, I was working on an episode of Hypothetical, and I came across that. Let me open that link. Yeah, I can see how that would be your, would be a colorway for you, yeah. Well, here's the other thing. The pen is named for the uh, Paladero Canyon, which is in, well, depending on, there may be more than one 
but the one I'm familiar with is in Texas, just kind of southeast of the Amarillo area. And he got that colorway spot on with the canyon. It it looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. So um, there goes some more of my money. <laughs> so yeah, while you were doing productive things on websites, I was looking at eye candy. I mean, I also bought a pen, so it's not like I only did productive things. Also, speaking of podcasts, welcome back. Yeah, it took us a while. Almost four months since the last episode before the summer holidays. But FPC is back. Yeah. How long did it take you to edit that? I don't know. Two or three hours. Not too bad. With this uh, recording setup that we stole from you, basically. (laughs) It's not too bad anymore. As long as you guys leave the server as clean as you uh, found it, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So how how was it getting back together after all that time? Yeah, it was it was really nice. I mean, we've we've talked in between, of course, and I met Daniel because he came to Munich. But yeah, it was great to do an episode again, and we are trying to be more organized and get record an episode uh, every month or so. And now that we are four people, it's hopefully going to go smoother because if you're four and one person uh, can't make it, you can still record an episode. And hopefully that means a bit a more regular schedule then. Let's Who's see. the uh, fourth? Uh, Annabelle Hiller from, from, Netherlands, from the Netherlands. Oh, nice addition. Mm-hmm. Dude. Um. A little bit of podcast envy here. <laughs> Just a I mean, little. She's, she's been on the podcast twice already. And this week she's in Madrid in the pen sh- uh, for the pen show uh, together with Anna. And yeah, I met her in, in May, I think it was, when we went uh, to the Netherlands. So yeah, hmm. she's, she was more or less part of the team anyway, even before that. Well, that is, that is very, very cool. So, wow, just coming back after a while and you went from three to four. Mm-hmm. And and, that, and we have someone who works at a pen shop, so that's also always cool. Yeah, that does give you uh, quite a bit of street cred. <laughs> I think that's what the kids still say. Maybe. Maybe. I hope they don't correct me. I'm probably wrong. I don't know. Uh, so I'm looking at the waveform here in Audacity. I have not shut up at all this entire episode, so I think we should uh, do some listener questions so we can hear some good answers from you while I listen to you give the good answers. Mm. Let's see if that works. Okay, we'll see if it works. Um, so Anna asked, uh, I've noticed your episodes are getting longer. Is it because you are having more fun? Yes. Just yes. <laughs> uh, yes, and and there's always the the backup joke with the pen and the. <sighs> I'm never gonna live that down. <laughs> to be fair, it did almost happen at work last week. <laughs> I was absentmindedly going over some training materials, and I like grab 
something and the ghost stir my coffee. And I look down right before the implement gets into the coffee. And it's my brand new turquoise vanishing point. And I'm like, nope. Oh, yeah, that would probably not be so, so good, right? Because yeah, the coffee could get in all kinds of places there. Um, That would have been horrible. So even though it is kind of a running gag because of how clumsy I can be, it's unfortunately a truth when it comes to myself. Yeah. So that's sort of, do you, do you really want to keep the vanishing point and don't you need pens that you can actually stir coffee with? I'll go ahead and pick up like a platinum plazier or something. <laughs> yeah. That way I'll have a coffee stir. Um, the episodes are kind of getting longer. Behind the scenes, I kind of forced us to map out how much time we're going to take in each section, roughly. Um, so the episodes have a little bit more format to them. So they're kind of staying around, what, the 50, 60 minute mark now? Mm-hmm. Normally. I mean, we do occasionally have a shorter episode, but that's really because I get super picky with the edits. Urban will hear me do stuff like partway through an episode where um, I'll do the ad read seven or eight times and you'll only hear one. Or I'll end up saying the same phrase a couple times in a row just because I enunciated a word extremely poorly. Or the whole diatribe last episode about me trying to say Seiskruznak, <laughs> which I still messed up. I just can't say it. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. So you just have to you just have to buy different ink then. That's fine. No, I'm still going to probably get one so I can butcher it on the YouTube channel and then get a whole bunch of comments that I probably shouldn't read. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, if I wasn't so picky on the edits and I hadn't forced us to start using timed show notes, we'd probably be sitting about, what, the hour and 20 minute mark for episodes? Yeah, I mean, that's where we are with FPC and that's... When we try to make it really short. Yeah, but it's it, with four people, of course, it, it's always longer, I guess. It is a lot easier with four people. Um, like BYOB, keeping an episode under 90 minutes was hard. Because mm-hmm. at that point, you've got eight people with eight opinions. And I say eight, even though there were normally nine or ten per episode, because Michael never talked. he was there to shake his head Mm -hmm. which i'm okay with but yeah um i'd i'd say yeah um but yeah i've I've got a little too much uh i'm a little too picky about how the edits go so there's that but yeah um i'm enjoying this the only thing i would say is at some point urban needs to let me be the one waking up at five o'clock in the morning so we can record instead of him Hmm. I don't know if that would work. Five o'clock in the morning for you would be, I don't even know. Time zones are hard. I don't know. Um, well, you're seven hours ahead of me. So if I was up at five o'clock in the morning, that'd put it at high noon for you. Although there's a good chance I may end up being on your time zone here soon enough anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get my wish and work overnights. So there is that. But yeah. So 
one of the reasons we try to keep it close to an hour, or at least a reason for me that I really haven't told Urban until uh, five, four, three, two, one, is that his kids like waking up early as well. And I like to try to make sure that he has at least five minutes of sanity before the family wakes up in the morning. So about an hour to an hour and a half is as long as we can go before that becomes an issue. Well, it's 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 Saturday morning here and they have a TV, so it's fine. We can go as long as we want. But you on the other hand, you probably have to go to bed at some point. Uh, it's Friday night, so sleep is overrated when I don't have to work the next day. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I ended up doing a lot more talking there. Um, sorry, Urban. <laughs> That's fine. Speaking of time zones, Carissa asked a very important question for all of us this time of year, except for people in Arizona, Hawaii, and certain other countries that are sane. Are your mm -hmm. feelings pro or anti changeover when it comes to daylight savings time? My feelings are very clear. I hate it. Uh, I'm tired. I mean, it's only one hour, but I'm basically super tired for a whole week after it. So I'm not a big fan of it either. Yeah, nothing got done post changeover. Um, that was what, Sunday when that happened? Or was that last Sunday? Mm, I don't know. It was like a few weeks ago here. Right. Um, whenever it was, like nothing has gotten done productivity wise. Um, it completely throws me off and I am a child of the desert. And one of the lovely things about living in Arizona is they are smart enough to not do daylight savings time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it seems like more and more people are of that opinion. And I, I, I would guess eventually everyone's going to stop with that stuff anyway. Right. I would love to see a day where two things happen. Fountain pen usage among the population goes up to 85% <laughs> and daylight savings time ceases to exist. Yeah, the latter one is more likely, I think. Well, I mean, if someone gets on it and creates a computer virus that literally breaks every piece of electronics worldwide and we have to go back to pens and paper, I could see the first one happening. Mm. I'm not advocating it. Wink, wink. <laughs> or maybe I am. So, yeah, there you go, Carissa. Uh, daylight savings time is pure evil. If you had to pick the perfect time zone, like, because Europe's kind of weird. How many time zones do you guys actually have? So there's the Central European, that's like Germany, France, um, Scandinavia, and stuff like that. Um, Portugal... Ireland and the UK are one hour behind. Um, then Eastern Europe, Greece and stuff like that, they're one hour before. And then it's debatable what counts as Europe <laughs> when you get towards Russia and stuff like that. Because, yeah. So there's a few. I've, I've always considered Russia up to the Ural Mountains to be Europe. Anything yeah. east of that is Asia to me. Yeah. Maybe, they are, yeah, it's just, that's as much as I know. I don't know about the time zones there. So, yeah, let's see, what do we have? We've got Eastern, Central, 
Mountain, Pacific, Alaska has their own, and then Hawaii has their own, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then we have to put up with Guam because, well, Guam. But yeah, I, okay, I say Arizona has their stuff together. Uh, one of the reservations out there, they actually do observe daylight savings time. And there's pockets of the reservation that are for a different tribe that doesn't observe daylight savings time. <laughs> so you've got multiple enclaves inside of each other going through this little section of um, reservation. Yeah, you can actually have seven time zone changes in about 115 miles. Yeah, that reminds me sort of of the border between uh, Belgium and the Netherlands. There's this one town where there's part of it is belongs to Belgium, part of it belongs to Netherlands, and then inside of each of those parts are parts that belong to the other country and then the other way around again. And then sort of the border goes sort of through houses and stuff like that. Didn't that happen because of like a railroad or something? Or am I thinking of the uh, town that's... I I may be thinking of the town closer to the uh, triple border of Germany, France, and Belgium. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you've you've got some weird borders there, man. Yeah, we had a lot of time to to come up with those things. <laughs> I'm sorry, just the way you put that is making up for some reason. <laughs> All the history you had to stuff it somewhere. Wow. Things that should not make me laugh that hard. <laughs> and this is why I love history. Because studying history gets you to learn about all the crazy stuff that we have done as a species over the last thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you want to think about that for a second. As a species, we evolved to go from living out in nature as just a way of life to working in cubicles, hoping that we can get enough time off to go back to nature. Mm-hmm. Well, and in the process, basically not die so fast, but that's just a detail. Well, yeah, I mean, there are details. I mean, I, I like living to four score and 10, but hey, wow, um, this got really philosophical all of a sudden. Um, Carissa, <laughs> see what you've done. Mm, this is your, your fault. fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's the next question. Mm-hmm. So if the Sailor Lighthouse moniker is the name of the more clear finial editions, what would you want the next color of the pen to be? I think that's kind of in reference to an offhanded comment I made in one of my YouTube videos where I said that Sailor has a habit of doing the clear finials like in the uh, Tequila Sunrise version. Mm-hmm. I think it was the Tequila Sunrise, whichever one it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I've been thinking thinking about this for a bit. So I think, I mean, I like demonstrators, but I think that wouldn't work, right? So it would have to be a pen with a that's not see-through. Otherwise, the clear finials don't really make sense. I'd say that would be best, at least. Okay. You and I are both musicians. Um, you remember the uh, Ludwig drums from the 70s? The mm. clear acrylic ones? Not really. Really? No. Okay. Google time. Okay. 
Well, you remember what the drums looked like from Led Zeppelin, right? Okay. Yeah, I've, I looked them up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, some of the patterns that Ludwig used to do were really trippy. Like, some of them had, like, zebra stripes and everything else going with them. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see is an inverted lighthouse, but with some of the colorways from Ludwig drums. So I would like to see a collaboration between Sailor and Ludwig, but instead of clear finials, the finials are actually opaque, and then the rest of the body is like a Vistalite drum set. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. Although, does that really fit in with the spirit of what Alex was asking? So I, I was thinking um, those tiny bit translucent colors from the new Caveco uh, Sports, they, they would probably work pretty nicely with uh, those clear finials. Yeah, those would actually work really well. So then they're not like a boring, just one color, but there's a tiny bit the color is a bit more interesting than that, but it sort of makes still makes the clear clear finial stand out. Okay, yeah, I can I can actually kind of imagine that. That would look pretty cool. Or maybe Sailor needs to release, I don't know, a Star Ruby pen like everyone does these days. Yeah, can we get over the uh, Star Ruby craze? <laughs> I mean, I like red as much as the next person, but can can we move on from that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I I think I guess that's kind of the, the thing with the with the whole lighthouse moniker. I don't know. That's just where it gets weird. Because, like you said, you don't want it to just be a boring single color. You want it to have some life. Or they they need to. Collaborate with one of those um, companies that make the LEDs for those uh, shoes, right? And then they can put an actual light into the finials. Okay, that would actually be <laughs> LEDs that can be controlled with your cell phone through an application. Yeah, it's probably better than with those shoes because then you would have to shake the pen to make it light up. That would be very messy, very quick. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> or, oh, oh, that would be interesting. Okay, so you know the uh, the Visconti Van Gogh series? Mm-hmm. Those, but uh, translucent bodies with opaque finials. Mm-hmm. Like those colorways. Okay, yeah. That would be insane. And I would gladly pay $250 for a Pro Gear Slim of one of those. Or a Pro Gear and pay $350. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, yeah, it's a question if, if that actually works. If you, they seem to be injection molded, right? Those sailors. But it would be cool, yeah. It would be. Um, someone needs to get on that. Yeah, probably Sailor. Well, yeah, I guess it would have to be Sailor. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Alex. That, that was actually a, a good question. Yeah, it was, yeah. Wow. Um, now my mind hurts from thinking about that. 
also, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of 1976 Ludwig Vistalite drum sets. <laughs> well, that was my first drum set. Okay. Are you that old? No, I'm not that old. <laughs> but I like the way vintage drums sound. And the 1976 series had the concert toms that didn't have bottom heads. And when you're a drummer for a punk band, being able to just play a show and only have to tune the top head without having to worry about the bottom head makes life a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot cheaper for buying drum heads. Yeah, yeah. What can I say, man? When you're buying drum heads that are 60 or $70 a piece because you're buying really expensive Remo Weather Kings, which probably no one in our audience actually knows what those are. So I apologize. So thank you, Alex. Now you have me looking at drums. That took an unexpected turn. It, it did. It really did. But that, that's not the first time he's completely derailed my train of thought. <laughs> so yeah, there you go, Alex. You uh, derailed me yet again. Um, Urban, we mm -hmm. forgot something. We did. I actually bought a pen. It's just sort of surprising for me that I'm buying pens, right? How, how did we gloss over that? How did we? Maybe I'm uh, buying too many pens. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, so I bought a an, another Opus 88. So I have this Opus 88 Omar already. And I uh, found a secondhand Coloro demo. So that's the big uh, chunky one in yellow. I don't know. It's actually orange, but it's called yellow. I don't know why. Um, for a pretty good price. And I couldn't pass it up. And now I have two nice pens. And this has a super, super broad, broad nib. That's more like a, I'd call it a double broad. And then I, looking at the tip of the nib, it's really weird. It, if you just look at it, you would assume it doesn't, wouldn't write well, but it's actually pretty smooth and super wet and that's a lot of fun and as it's an eyedropper it's probably also a good thing that it's so wet well i look forward to uh seeing some more stuff on instagram with it and seeing it appear in the show notes again but with an ink there's the rest of the uh dark orchid ink in it basically inked up as many pens as i as i needed for that bottle to be empty that is one thing about the Opus pens, man. You can seriously go through a whole bunch of ink. Yeah, well, with a broad enough nib. Or if you really want to put in one of those Pilot Parallel nib units. <laughs> there is that. Uh, speaking of ink, though, I do have two pens to clean out before I go to bed. So, as always, it has been a pleasure, my friend. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. This time, though, I'll see you in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.